everybody. Welcome back to episode three of uh, You Can't Be Serious. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Torrey, uh, and we've got uh, we've got an exciting one for you here today. I'm joined with my co-host here. Joshua Tracy. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. me. <laughs> the other and half. Two halves, two, two, two halves make a whole. Um, and, uh, and so we're, we're going to be uh, changing gears a little bit here today. Uh, I thought, uh, well, we thought, we thought it'd be interesting to kind of explore, um, explore food, explore food. Everybody's got to eat, right? Everybody likes to, likes to eat and everyone likes, uh, likes food. So we thought we would explore food through the lens of culture. Um, and given the fact that uh, Josh and I both have uh, unique perspectives on, on such, such goings on, um, Josh, you've recently been uh, kind of exploring your own uh, uh, culture and heritage through through food recently, haven't you? Yeah, so I've I've been I've been cooking a lot more. So uh, for context, um, American Jewish, um, my 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 great grandparents all came straight from Russia um, to to the Bronx, and then that's basically where my family's been ever since. And then, uh, well, the the greater New York area, including New Jersey. Um, so Ashkenazi Jew, which is Eastern European Jew, has, has, has been my cultural heritage. And I've been trying to get in touch, not just with that particular section or phys- geographical section of Judaism, but also like the greater Jewish food diaspora as a whole by just cooking. Uh, because it felt like that was the easiest and most readily available way to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And it's um, so. Were you brought up like growing up? I mean, did you did you eat a lot of Jewish food growing up, or or is this kind of like a new uh, new experience for you? So, I think everyone has different levels for how much of your culture's food you eat. Like I know. So like the other half of my family is Irish. And the only time I've ever seen any of them eat anything Irish was on St. Patrick's day, you know, the, the, the occasion to eat your ethnicity's food. And I'd say that's to, to a larger extent than that to, or to a greater extent than that. That's, but that's basically what my family did. Like, you know, we'd have latkes every year around Hanukkah. Um, we'd have challah most weeks around the Sabbath. Um, we, we would have uh, brisket around, uh, Passover, you know, like, like I'm sure there's other things I can't fully think of at the moment, but like for the most part, it was, here's a reason to eat the Jewish food. And then here's that Jewish food. So sure. it was, it was part of. Uh, like almost like celebrating the holidays, but not necessarily part of your like everyday eating, like your everyday, you know. Right, eating. right. Like, like I'm not. There weren't a lot of occasions, at least in my house, where like I'd get home and my mother was like making matzo balls. Like I've had mm-hmm. matzo ball soup, at, not matzo ball soup o'clock at my grandparents' place because like that's they're a little bit more with eating that that type of relatively speaking more traditional jewish food than than i am because i think it's just like in terms of lineage it's closer to them um and i'm just like one more generation removed from it but yeah like it was you know i wouldn't like like come home on a tuesday with my mother you know whipping up like uh borscht or some shit like that wasn't really what was going to happen at my at my house so so, so like but is there a difference in the kind of food that that like that Jews eat during like like celebratory Jewish holiday food versus like uh, just a Tuesday meal? Like you know, or is it or is it just that you know there are dishes that are made? You, you, you get what I'm saying? You, you understand what I'm so asking? <laughs> I do, and and it, it's an interesting question because. Uh, and this is this is Jew facts with Josh. <laughs> Welcome um, to our new segment, Jew Jew facts with Josh. <laughs> so some foods are like definitely definitely holiday foods. Like I do not eat matzah year round because who wants to do that? It is eating paper. You're eating thick paper. It, it's not 
I do it every year for the for the seven or eight days I'm required to do it, and then I don't do it at all for the rest of the year. Um, I can att- I can attest to that. Matzah is not; it's very bland. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it is called the bread of affliction, so obviously it's not supposed to be super fun to eat. <laughs> is, that, is that really what it's called? Yes, it is the bread of affliction. <laughs> the bread of affliction. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, very poetic. Um, but th- th- there's a lot of food, like, because you gotta, you gotta think, like, every every single culture on the face of the planet has, like, I don't want to say fair food, but you know what I mean, like, like, like the food that is culturally specific or at least geographically specific, which is uh, one of the things I, th- I think we're, 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 I was planning on touching on the fact that one of the things that's fun that's or that's been fun for me recently about looking at Jewish foods is that there are like three main geographical segments for where Jews live. And I've been having fun trying to make other foods from the regions that my family isn't. So you have Ashkenazi Jews, which are from Eastern Europe. So you're going to get a lot of like potatoes and, and like earthy foods, like beets, um, mm-hmm. a lot of like breads, um, like denser breads. And then you're going to get, and then you have Sephardic Jews who are, are from uh, like the, Mediterranean, like, like Italy and Spain, that kind of region. Um, okay, and then you have uh, Mizrahi Jews who are from the Middle East and parts of North Africa. So um, I've, I, I don't. My family's not from the. I, our our heritage doesn't trace back far enough to get to those regions. So I'm not really familiar with those types of foods, even though they are still Jewish foods. Um, so I've been having fun getting to play with those tastes as well and getting a better, even if it's just a culinary understanding, but still like getting a better understanding of like my heritage through the other parts of my people's foods. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. And that's actually, re- that's really interesting. Cause uh, I mean, we, we've, talked i think at length in in the past about you know the fact that judaism is unique in the way that it's both a an ethnicity it's a culture and a religion right um and so i i get so like those different you said you know the sephardic jews versus the ashkenazi jews versus what was the third one mizrahi mizrahi jews um the differences in the food i mean are they is it like we're talking like the same kinds of recipes but with like twists based on your local ingredients or are they like you know three different segments almost of you know recipes i'd say they're 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 pretty wildly different because yeah. like, like like um i just made the other day these um white fish meatballs that are supposed to be like moroccan jew um white fish meatballs yeah, so like I went to the store, I got cod, and yeah. and I like like finely diced cod because it said if you wanted to do it the right way, you're not supposed to like put it in the blender. Like you gotta cut it by hand. Let me fucking tell you, I wish I put the shit in the blender. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, like I I made it. It had a bunch of. Uh, it was a lot spicier than you would get out of Ashkenazi Jewish food because there's just not. Like e- when you think of Eastern European food, you do not think spicy, you know, because no. like they just don't have it there. <laughs> like or maybe I'm sure they do now, but like they by and large, like, you know, there's not too many fucking historically speaking. Uh, habanero those flavors, yeah. Weren't available. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So 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 they're, they're they're totally different palettes. And that's one of the cool things about. I don't know if I if I can jerk off Judaism here. That's one of the cool things about Judaism is that the people uh, the people are everywhere. We're 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 right where you need us to be. <laughs> we're everywhere all the time, um, and that makes it really fun to kind of explore all the different foods because you're going to get foods from different regions, and it's cool because they're still passed down amongst people who share your history. They're just going about it in in different ways. You know what I mean? So getting to like experience whitefish meatballs which maybe maybe you could say that's like a gefilte fish kind of thing um i could i could see that if you want to draw that parallel it's ground up fish in a ball that sounds like a filter fish (laughs) except they didn't taste anything remotely similar (laughs) but yeah uh, yeah so i when it comes to holidays though like 
So, and and forgive my ignorance when it comes to to Jewish holidays and their traditions. Um, but so it's so like lakas, right? Like I'm right. I, I think of those as being like that's like when I hear Jewish food, that's like what I think of. Um, and I think a lot of non-Jewish people probably are also like that. Um, are 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 they found in all three different cuisines, or is that something specific to uh you know one section or or, or one segment or uh i don't i actually don't know only because i'm not sure where potatoes grow <laughs> um the idea behind latkes though for hanukkah specifically is that you eat fried food for hanukkah do you you, you embrace putting your food in oil as a as as a symbolism of the oil that held the lamps mm. for eight nights um so so pretty much all locales of judaism will have a fried food that they eat like donuts are a jewish food really uh, you know what that's i guess makes sense right they're they're like bagels there and there you go bagels are jew food too um so like every every region will have like their fried food that will symbolize (laughs) that holiday in some way which is the other fun part about judaism is that a lot of the food has symbolic purposes sure and that's really cool though because so like the the idea of the the tradition the the oil representing uh you know kind of the oil from the the story of the you know of the lantern um but given the different regions and the different you know the the differences in ingredients and stuff that were available to the different populations, they've kind of, you know, developed their own version of that tradition, right? Yeah, it, it, it's all about about where where you live, what, what's accessible to you, and how how you're going to take that, find meaning in it, and then pass it down. You know. Mm-hmm. So so let me let me turn it back on to you for for a second because even though I grew up with a pretty light, um, I guess menu of Jewish foods, um they were still present to me. How did it feel the first time you had like traditional Korean food? So it was so overwhelmingly just overwhelming. <laughs> I, um, because outside of, so, you know, starting with the idea that not only is the food, does the food look, look different, it smell different it tastes different. It's just served in such a different, different way. Um, and the the emphasis on uh you know the meal is you know the the company the conversation and everything is almost just as important as the food that you're actually eating in korean culture and and kind of it's it would be wrong to like think of a meal like without all of those different aspects um but so, like, I mean, the first time I had Korea, when the first time I went to Korea, when I was 15 years old, um, and, and, you know, and sat down for, like, a, a, a traditional, like, Korean meal, um, they bring all the dishes out on, uh, and they put them in the middle of the table on, like, a, uh, like a Lazy Susan, and you don't order... Uh, you don't have like a plate of food in front of you. Everyone shares everything. And so right from like the way the table is set, it's the it's like designed to encourage like socialization and conversation and like people interacting with other people. Um and just between like the all of the different spices and 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 ingredients and it's just the the table almost looks like a like a piece of art with the different colors and and it's so different from you know the dining experience in America because you know the dining experience here in the west is very focused on like the individual order right like you order an appetizer then you order an entree and then you order a dessert and that all comes out to you um and if you didn't really want to, you didn't. You don't really have to interact with anybody at your table. Um, and so I think it's it's really interesting that that kind of the uh, 
that idea of a collectivist culture uh, bringing about traditions and kinds of um, norms that are more social and more, uh, you know, collectivist as, as opposed to in the West here where it's very much about the individual and, and it's reflected in even how the table is set. Um, so you're saying Korea is just full of communists. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. Oh, you, oh, those red bastards. Uh, so for, for context r r real quick, um, Matt, you are adopted. Yeah. I, so I, I was adopted from, from South Korea when I was four months old, um, raised, raised in New Jersey, um, in a primarily white area with, you know, with what white parents and I grew up Americanized as hell. Um, and so being adopted and kind of growing up away from, um, from my heritage, um, I had, you know, growing up, I, I felt a, a sense of, uh, of unease about like not quite fitting in. Um, and then when I went back to Korea um, for that first time uh, when I was 15 and kind of got to experience the culture and experience the food and experience just the, the, the sights and sounds of the country. Um, it was the first time I really felt a, a connection um, to my, my home country of Korea, um, you know, and being able to, to sit down and eat a meal, um, you know, that was, you know, from Korea with people from Korea and, and kind of, um, authentically experience, um, that culture was amazing, was unbelievable, um, for, for me as like a, a young teenager. And it kind of really helped give me, uh, that was my first ex really real experience with having like kind of a, a world perspective. And realizing that I'm, there's more to me, and, and than you know just my American culture, and that I have this whole other side of, um, of myself that that you know in the following years and kind of in years since I've tried to explore and 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 become more in touch with, um, but um, but as you said, you know, kind of growing up removed from from the region from from maybe other other people who share your same ethnic background um having food um, and having those recipes is uh, a really cool way to to connect with um with my heritage and with um where i came from well i i i want to bring this to a thing that i feel and i'm Oh, like 99.9% .9 sure you feel this too, is I, because group reform Jewish, so it's like, it's like diet Judaism. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like Judaism light. Um, I've always been a little bit, a little bit nervous or intimidated about being around other Jewish people for fear that I am not Jewish enough to like hang. Oh, oh my God. Yes. I can totally relate to that. Right. Yes. Cause like, like, like my, my, I, I don't speak Yiddish. Like, like the rest of my, my yep. Ashkenazi brethren do like, I, mm -hmm. I don't, I didn't go to Jewish summer camp. Like, mm -hmm. and like, I was just talking about with the whole food thing. Like we ate some Jewish food in the house, but like not that much. Like anytime I have like, interacted with another jewish person i'm afraid i'm going to fall flat on my face in terms of how jewish i am compared to them almost like they're, they're gonna call you out on like well you're not a real jew yep. because yeah oh my god i can i can totally relate to that and right so much so and and i think the the food um is a big part of it because that's you know outside of obviously Anyone who meets me um, or meets you, knowing that, like, okay, you didn't, you didn't grow up in Jerusalem, or like, <laughs> like, like, so they're not. I don't know. Maybe for you it's different because because Jews are everywhere. Koreans are 
pretty much only in Korea. Um, <laughs> um, but so I don't think anyone expects me to, uh, you know, speak the language fluently or to understand the, you know, the the history of Korea to the extent that that people do, people from Korea do. Um, but because food is is like an everyday part of everyone's lives, um, just by not you know regularly eating Korean food, um, that's a huge part of being Korean. You know, is eating is eating rice and eating kimchi. Like that's a it's a it's an underlying constant in like all Koreans' lives that I do not share um, with other Koreans. You know, and I, go ahead, go ahead. Well, similar to you, you were saying that like you you didn't really eat Jewish food uh, growing up in your house regularly, and so that wasn't really a part of um, of your identity, so to speak. I mean, sure, like there would be special occasions um, where you would you know eat Jewish food, um, but you would associate kind of the food with the occasion, less so you know your everyday identity, right? Right. And, and, and in the desire to foster the, the greater sense of that everyday identity, I really felt as though cooking was just the easiest way. Cause like, I'm not going to sit there and pretend even for a second, like I have the attention span and wherewithal to like teach myself Yiddish, you know, <laughs> like, and even, even if I did, I would have nobody to talk to with it that it would just be such an impractical way for me to try to dive in with that. And then I'm going to have that seed of doubt if I ever did meet somebody else that spoke Yiddish, where it's like, my Yiddish isn't good enough. <laughs> They're going to yeah, know I'm yeah. pretending. Because yeah. um, like you said at the top of the show, you eat every day. <laughs> like, yeah. you can't really, you shouldn't not eat in any given day, unless it's Yom Kippur. <laughs> um, but... So I, it, it really just genuinely felt like the least I could do to get that semblance of like, because, you know, the other thing is, you know, I could go to Temple more. I get that. You know, I, 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 I could surround myself with, with more Jewish people and, and absorb culture that way. But you know what takes even less effort? Staying home <laughs> and cooking. Like, I don't have to go anywhere. Well, so I I I, th I think the interesting thing here is that all of the other things that you know, like going to temple or trying to meet more Jewish people, would be almost you outwardly seeking a uh, a larger Jewish community that you could become a part of. Whereas by incorporating you know Jewish recipes and and, and cooking into your daily life, you were bringing a piece of that Jewish community into into your life rather than than externally you know trying to put yourself in a situation where you're in a larger jewish community does that make sense like yes and that's exactly what i was driving at with it because i was in my mind me making tabula which i made the other day that's me practicing judaism mm. you know what i'm saying that yeah. that right there it's not about me saying, you know, like like the Kaddish on Friday nights or whatever. It's me sitting in my kitchen learning how to make shukshuka from from some recipe I found online. <laughs> that that is me practicing Judaism. Like like it is I want to feel more in line with my heritage. And I can't think of not only an easier way where it only costs a handful of dollars to go get very basic ingredients in the recipe I'm making, the recipes I've been making's case, um, but also fun way because at the end of making the meal, I get to eat it. Um, then, 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 then doing the whole food thing, and it's cool because like, so like I was talking to my sister. Um, I got two younger sisters, and one of them had done the birthright trip to Israel, and. I was telling her, like, I want to start making more Jewish food. And I was telling her, I, I'm going to try making shukshuka. And she was like, that's so cool. Because she said, I didn't get the chance to eat it when I was in Israel. You'll have to let me know how it is. Um, and because she was like, if, if, it's, if you think it's good, like, if, if you don't fuck it up, 
yeah. I want to try it too. Because yeah. we grew up in the same household. We had that same kind of feeling about it, you know? And it's it is a great way of getting in touch with that side of you. And now I'm I'm making a little community out of it. Because like, you know, I I posted it up on, on my Instagram page when I made the Shikshaka the other day. Mm-hmm. And my aunt, who owns who uh, owns a restaurant out in San Francisco, not Jewish, does from the Catholic side. Um, her she she made shikshuka after I did because she thought it looked good, like, <laughs> which is which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, like, that is awesome. That like, is awesome. And and I'm I'm finding so much satisfaction out of it because not only am I getting to experience like that traditional. I mean, the word shikshuka just sounds Jewish. You know what yes, I mean? Yes. Yes, um. And not only am I getting the internal reward from making it, um, it tasting good, <laughs> it making me feel a little bit more Jewish. I'm also seeing an external reward from it where it's like embracing my own culture is making other people, is, is, is exposing other people to it too. You know, yeah. like that, that I've never done have... any. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, that wouldn't necessarily have made, like you're saying, your aunt who owns the restaurant would not have made shukshuka, like, had she not seen your post, right? Right. And I was about to say, and the same thing is the most Korean thing I've ever done was go to the, the, the that, that, that performance that your uh, Korean um, heritage group put on because mm-hmm. that was, and it's the same thing. That was you doing something, embracing your heritage that mm-hmm. then exposed other people who wouldn't have otherwise been exposed to it to it you know what i mean yeah yeah i do and the more i talk to you about it the more i want to get more into exploring korean recipes um because i mean like you said like it's that it's your way of practicing judaism you know and it's your way of of connecting with the culture and i think the coolest thing about it is that it's it's something concrete it's something uh it's an activity that you are you you are doing. Um, it's something that you can do with other people. It's something that you can you know do with your kids when you ha- like when you eventually have kids and a family or whatever. It's something you could pass down, um, and it's and it's something that you can easily make part of your daily life because, as we said, you got to eat every day. <laughs> I I would like to share if I if I could. Ugh, this is this is a very aggressively Jewish thing that my grandmother did today. So I saw my grandmother today, and I I. She wanted an update because I told her I'm trying to make more Jewish recipes. So I, I told her. Um, she's like, I think that's great. Uh, she's like, you know, and I have a cookbook I think you'd love. It's about what Jews made during the Holocaust in the camps. You'd love it. <laughs> and and when I tell you, that is the most Jewish thing I think I've ever heard in my time. My grandparents find a way to bring everything back to the camps. <laughs> well... Like, in in the best way, like you know, find meaning out of it. You know, learn something, explore not just external history but internal meaning, like that kind of shit. But it's just like I sat there and was like, Jesus Christ! I didn't realize they ate in the camps. Like what? The, <laughs> like what? <laughs> I didn't want to go that that dark. <laughs> I forgive my ignorance though, but what what did they eat in the camps? Dude, I I dude, I didn't even ask. <laughs> Like I did I'd, not want to. I didn't want to. Like, find is, out. like, is that a cookbook that you would want? Is that something where you're like, you know, you open it up and go, you know what? Yeah, this is what we're gonna have for dinner. I the thing. I don't think it is because she was she was saying her 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 temple does this thing where it's like they 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 to to make a more of a living history kind of thing. They take parts of Jewish history and they find some level of engagement for it, and then they distribute it via newsletter to the 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 um the congregation. And for one, one of the weeks, it was like, they were just like talking about the Holocaust and they found, um, they had someone, I guess, find recipes of things that they would whip together with whatever spare ingredients they had, and then gave that out to the congregants so that they could try out those recipes and have some level of, of understanding or experience with that specific moment of Jewish history. And I think that's really interesting but sure. I can't tell you I'm going to stand in my kitchen and be excited about doing it. <laughs> I I am very interested to, to to see what those recipes look like and I would definitely be interested in trying some. 
but I don't think any of them will be making it into my uh, weekly repertoire of of recipes. <laughs> no, uh, I I I I don't think so. And that's why it's like it it it's like she took the uh, the thing I was going for and then put it on steroids in the darkest context possible. You sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're like, well, I'm trying to get in touch with my Jewish heritage. Well, you know what you should do? You should cook some Holocaust meals. Oh. And it, it's like, it's, it, it's just a shift on food for a second. But they did the same thing. I, I've been to Poland twice. I have never visited the camps because both times I went to Poland on vacation and didn't want to be sad. And both times they were like, you know, you got to see the camps. You know, like you gotta see. But you see, it's also. I'm not. I'm talking about my grandparents a lot, and I'm. I'm sorry, but I also love them, so I'm not that sorry. My grandparents are very different people for me. Like my grandparents visited the camps, um, back in like the '90s and made friends on the trip. Like, <laughs> like they met a lovely woman. She lives in Scotch Plains. We went to her wedding. I'm like, what? <laughs> was, so they had a great time. Yeah, they had a wonderful time. <laughs> they had a wonderful time visiting the concentration camps. In wow, that's. So uh, it, it's like there, there's there's levels to everything, you know, and and I understand that, and I'm tr I'm still at the stage where because I'm I'm still very this is something I've only really been doing the past like two weeks or so, and it's been rewarding enough. I'm still really excited to keep going with it, um, mm -hmm. which is one of the things I was worried about because if I made like I'm three recipes in and. If, I think if the first one or two sucked, I wouldn't be three recipes in. I think I would have stopped. <laughs> but it's been really like I've I'm I've been I was inspired by like a, a of all things a Jewish food Instagram page. But at the same time, like that was it was cool because I got to like see a visual, and then it's Instagram. So there's like an engagement below it in comments of people being like, yeah. "My grandmother made this," or like, "I do it this way instead of that way." And it's like I want to be in that conversation. Maybe not literally, but like I want to have an sure, opinion. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> you go. You finish. You know, you Fuck finish you. your thought. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, no, but like, like it. I, I I am so happy that I'm still excited to be doing it because I want this. Like I made shukshuka twice now because after I made it the first time, uh, two days later, I was like, that was really good and super easy. And I'm going to make more. it again. <laughs> So as far as like finding ingredients and stuff, is this, I mean, are you, has it been tough to find stuff or are you just finding, are you finding everything that you need like just in the supermarket? Dude, not only has everything been easy to find, it's been fucking cheap. Like, really? Yeah. So, so like for, for the shakshoko, just cause we've been talking about it a lot, it was, uh, it's onion, <laughs> it, it's, uh, red bell pepper. Uh, the recipe I used called for a can, like a, an actual can of tomatoes not even fresh like from the can yeah um eggs and some and some cheese like like and that's it yeah i mean seriously like that, that's the thing i read it again so readily because i had everything on hand um and like some recipes of course can get a little bit more intense that's why i'm starting with pretty pretty basic ones pretty minimal ones but like that's the other thing i'm learning is like i don't need to go out and get like a cut of brisket and then do like a 10 hour thing. Like I've done that in the past. It's super fun, but like, you can't do that casually on a, on a Thursday, you yeah. know, it's not like that thing. No, it's not. And, it, and it's tough. Cause if you do, if, if, if it's that much work that consistently, cause you know, as you do some things, you get better at it, you do it faster. Um, but you can't speed a 10 hour brine. Um, no. <laughs> like it's gotta, it's getting you know, It's that it long. It's that, that long. long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I've been trying to find those types of things where it's like, all right, I can buy, I can buy two onions <laughs> and then have enough to make sure it's like a twice. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm just, I'm just, it's nice having, even though it's like, I, I, I keep knocking it down, even though I shouldn't because it's an Instagram page. But at the same time, like, it shouldn't matter. And I'm, that's what I got to keep telling myself is that it doesn't matter if I'm getting all of this from an Instagram page or from passed down from, from my, my grandparents. Like it's nice feeling even some semblance of community with that, because even though it's like an online community, 
you know, and it's not exactly personal. You know, they're not saying, hey, Josh, try this recipe. They're putting the recipes out there. Like they are, however, I would say putting those out there for me. They're putting those recipes out there for people who are looking to make something traditional or to make something that has that background. They're looking for people like me who might not have that exposure to this part of the culture and want to get into it. And it's been a, it's just been a fucking blast, man. That's so cool. And, and even, even if, even if you're not, you know, like you're saying directly involved in the, like you're not posting comments on the Instagram page or, or maybe you are, whatever it is, there's still that kind of, uh, understanding that other Jews are making this food. You know what I mean? Other people are making these recipes and the fact that I'm also making these recipes connects you to that even indirectly, but it, it does connect you to that community and gives you that sense of, uh, you know, belonging. Yeah. Like it was cool when my sister said, Oh yeah. Like I missed my opportunity to have shuk shuka in, in Israel because it's like, Oh, you mean like you and your birthright trip group went there and actually had this meal. Like there were people on your trip who like, this that was their context for it like i i picked I, in my mind i thought to myself i picked the one of the right dishes to go in with like this isn't some weird obscure no one's gonna know what this is i'm not really doing a good job of picking the right thing no like people know like this 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 is something that another jew even though it was a jew that was wrecking that was my sibling but this is a meal that another jew would recognize as being jewish and like that was nice that was good yeah yeah and 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 it's something that people actually eat and something that like is part of people's you know regular cuisine do you remember the time we made bulgogi together i do i do remember that yes i think that was the first time i ever cooked like 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 actually myself cooked any korean food and that came out great and it was so simple um you know what? I'm going to have to make some bulgogi soon, I think. I think you do. Man, I'm telling you, I, I know I'm already kind of like, I don't want to say, a, 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 I don't want to pat myself on the back too much, but I, I know I'm already kind of like a, a, a person who does a lot of cooking. But man, I've I've never enjoyed cooking more than doing it because it, it feels more selfish in all the right ways or like self-gratifying than just making it, making a, a meal practically like making it for logistical or sure. nutrition reasons like because sure. it's kind of let's talk about music <laughs> it's kind of like playing music like i am doing this practically because like i it's a hobby i enjoy it i need it to eat today whatever but like i'm also enjoying getting meaning and finding a voice within it the same way like i tr try to find a voice when i play shit on the guitar you know what i mean like it's a yeah, different form of expression yeah uh, rather than just like cooking because you have to you know or you know the, i guess the music analog would be you know practicing scales or 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 just like you know doing finger exercises whatever um you've been able to kind of find a, a deeper meaning in in that you know practice or or whatever right yeah yeah and, and it, not every it's not like every meal I'm doing, I'm putting like crazy amounts of energy in. I had cereal yesterday, <laughs> but like, <laughs> of course, yeah. But like, no, but like, it, it's it's a realistic step that you can take that isn't you know doesn't doesn't require you completely upending your life or 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 taking on this new you know huge hobby or or something like that. Um, but still, in a very real, tangible, uh, you know, regular way is able to connect you, you know, and make you closer to, to your culture and to your heritage. Exactly. So like, so like the other day, uh, the first, the first recipe I made was one that I thought would be really, really easy. Uh, it's called tabula and it, it seriously took like 15 minutes. Like it took no time at all. Um, most of it was just like raw vegetables. Like I really didn't have to put much effort into it at all. And I was fucking thrilled that it tasted good. Like, I can't remember the last time I was so excited that something I made came out well, because at this point, you know, I've, I've been cooking for myself for years. I, I'm used to what I'm making, at least coming out okay, you know? So I, 
the fact that it tasted good and it was something that I was making with such meaning, I was, I would, dude, I was so thrilled about it. I was so happy. And the act, and like I said, 15 minutes of work, it took, didn't take me fucking any time at all. It was super easy. Like, if this was something I made on the regular, it's not like I would really care that it came out good because it's so easy. It should have came out good. But like, yeah. the fact that it did and it yeah. had that like extra layer of context on it, oh my God, it was just such a, such a rewarding feeling. Well, so you know what? I think kind of how we were talking about, like, if you, if you, if you took the time to learn Yiddish, right? And even if you did have someone who you could speak with, right? You would still have that kind of feeling of like, well, I'm not doing it right. Or I'm, I'm, uh, it's not right. Yeah. By cooking, right? And having that, like that feedback of, wow, this is, this was fun. And it also tastes good. You, you did it right. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you succeeded in, in cooking this Jewish meal and, and not in, not in like a, oh, well I did it, but like, it's not, it's not really the right way to do it. Like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Like, no, you did it. And what was, what was, what was nice? Cause this is, an, uh, I'm going to lead into another thing that we, we, we had talked about before. So there's, a, there's parsley goes into Tabula. Um, and it was so funny because when I tasted it and I tasted like a good chunk of parsley, it, that, that taste tastes very Jewish to me because I'm so used to eating parsley at every Passover Seder. And sure. it, it was funny how like that, that kind of like had like a symbolic taste in it to, to me. Like, does that, does that make sense? Like it, yes. it triggered the, the, the Jewish synapses of my brain. You've got the 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 Jew buds, the Jew taste buds on your tongue were activated by by this. Yes, and it and it's cool because it's going to make the next seder I go to, which is full of symbolism and how you eat the meal and and what all the little pieces represent, which has always been something I've absolutely loved about Passover. It's 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 one of my favorite holidays for that exact reason. Even though matzah is a chore, um, <laughs> like. <laughs> Getting to getting to have all of the the symbolism in the meal, I think, is going to be even better come this upcoming Passover season um, in like six months or so, maybe longer. It doesn't matter um, because I'm hoping by that time I get to eat more of those foods in a more specifically Jewish context than I otherwise have, and therefore the 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 symbolic nature of them in that meal will get to have kind of a different meaning. Yeah, that sounds because, because it'll be, because it won't just be isolated in like, Oh, this is what we're doing for like, you know, for Passover, like this isolated holiday celebration. It, it, like you said, it'll kind of take on a, a deeper meaning and, you know, hopefully you'll be able to enjoy it at a, at, a, at like a deeper level. So, so tell me, what are some of the what are some of the ingredients I'm gonna find in Korean food? <laughs> um, so it's interesting. So the way the Korean Peninsula is kind of organized geographically, it's almost split up into like four different areas. Um, and then even along those, like the so like the west, the southwestern coast of of korea is has a pretty jagged coastline there's a lot of little islands um but the uh the eastern coast has a has a smooth coastline and so it it allows for like a wide wide variety of um like seafood and like seafood products and things like that and so there's a lot of fish um and a lot of um like vegetables that grow in, in kind of like very humid climates. Um, one part of why, kind of why I asked if, if you were having a hard time finding ingredients was that um, to make, you know, traditional Korean dishes, a lot of times um, the, the vegetables that they use and the ingredients they use, they don't grow here. They grow and they, they're native to Korea. Um, there, it's similar stuff to, you know, there's a lot of like cabbages, um, 
and uh, types of onions and, and, and different types of greens. Um, but they, the individual variants are oftentimes unique to Korea. And so, um, unless you have a, you know, a Korean market or like an Asian market near you, um, it can be tough to try to make, um, totally authentic Korean dishes. Um, but something else that kind of, that has come out of those different, you know, geographic regions, um, is that kind of each of these different provinces and, and, and regions have their own spin on, on even, you know, totally traditional dishes. So kimchi, for example, uh, it's a, it's a pickled, um, uh, cabbage, um, eaten with almost, you know, every meal. Um, it's a, a true staple of Korean cuisine. Um, but even, you know, in the different regions, um, like there's some regions that add, um, uh, some kind of like shrimp paste to it that to give it kind of a, a an almost like a like a fishier taste there's other regions that add um different kinds of spices um or, or or different kinds of fish and so like it's it's all kimchi um but each region kind of has its own uh unique identity in the way they uh, interpret some of these you know traditional korean dishes um admittedly i'm i'm not very well versed on on the differences and kind of on Korean cuisine. Um, to me though, one of the coolest things about, about kind of learning about Korean food and, uh, you know, just, just culture in general is that because Korea is so old and because the, the history of the country and the history of the people goes back so far, um, a lot of these, you know, recipes, and all of these dishes, um, go back three, four, five, six hundred years, sometimes even more than that. There's, uh, I was reading somewhere that um, there was like documentation of people eating kimchi in like 200 BC. And so, Jesus. And so, you know, it's, you know, by kind of exploring these recipes and learning about, well, hey, where did this come from? You, you, like, you almost get a, a a secondary history lesson in kind of the history of Korea. Um, another thing that I, I find very interesting about, you know, more modern Korean cuisine is how much it was affected by kind of um, circumstance. Um, during uh, kind of the end of Japanese occupation and the beginning of the Korean War, so we're talking... 1940s through the 1950s, um, there were a lot of uh, American military bases in it's all spread all throughout South Korea. And one of the things that was like readily available from these military bases was spam. And so, believe it or not, spam is actually a very popular ingredient in a lot of Korean dishes. That's um, amazing. Because for, you know, for a while, it was it was one of the only like, you know, sure sources of of protein that were available to like kind of the masses. Um, and so people kind of adapted recipes to include spam. And, and so even to this day, um, you see spam popping up in, in recipes where like you would absolutely not expect spam to pop up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. OK. That's fascinating. So hold on, just real quick, because I I am so enamored at the idea of the four regions of Korea having kind of their own, I guess we'd just say variants on dishes entirely or 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 their own recipes. So so there are some dishes, there are some things that are found all throughout Korea. So the kimchi being one of them, that's something that you can find anywhere in Korea. Um, the different regions in Korea will have their own variants of those dishes. In addition to that, though, there are also kind of like um, signature signature flavors or signature um, uh, meals that that kind of originated in each of these different regions of Korea. Um, and so, for example, um, where where I was born in uh, the city of of, of Gwangju. 
which is and I'm butchering that pronunciation, but it's uh, located in the in the south of of, of Korea in the uh, Jola province. Um, it's known uh, for kind of having uh, a very rich and diverse cuisine, lots of spices, kind of lots of different flavors and colors in the dish. Um, I think partly because of just where it's located geographically, they have um, an abundance of, uh, of farms um, as well as uh, a lot of fish markets all along the south coast, um, kind of in and out of the different islands. And so that enables them to have um, like a wider variety of ingredients that then some of the more landlocked provinces do. Um, and so you get the kind of these more, these, you know, bolder flavors and just like um, more over the top kinds of uh, dishes compared to some of the more uh, conservative um, cuisine found in other parts of, of the country. All right. So I just sent you on the fly a, a Korean food uh, Instagram page that looks pretty similar to like the type of Jewish food Instagram page that I found. Um, hmm. How would you feel about trying to make some some stuff and then updating this this storyline later i think that would be a lot of fun i think that would be really cool for anybody who's interested in uh the korean food instagram it's korean underscore food underscore recipe yeah yeah it, it looks legit man like this uh, this this looks super doable yeah i because I I think you have a pretty because like listening to you talk, you have a really good I at least from what I can tell foundational knowledge of like where you would find certain different things. I think giving yourself that flavor, like those literal actual tastes, to accompany these ideas, I think you're gonna find like really cool meaning at because it's the same thing. Like I I. In intellectually understand that like there are Jews in Morocco but now having had like a Jewish Moroccan dish I'm not saying I like understand the Jewish Moroccan experience but like it's <laughs> but you're one I, step closer I, uh, uh, that's yeah kind of like it 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 feels like I, I'm getting a better picture like it's it's cool having a a like a, a physical in some way understanding of who those people are via taste and i think you have like that first big step of like knowing where and what and now we just gotta put some fucking spices behind it i think you're right i think uh i think it's time i'm telling you man i think this is gonna be big because there is an endless amount of culture for us to absorb from within ourselves, from within our hit. And I think this, this goes like, you know, even, even if like I lived in, in the, the Jewish Jew land of all time. And if you like lived in Korea, like there's always, I think going to be just more parts of your roots and who you are that you can go out and experience. But a lot of it's going to come, I think with varying amounts of work, like the performance that you did in, in New York with, with your Korean heritage group, that's really fucking cool. However, it's probably took a lot of work, right? Did. <laughs> did. <laughs> yeah. And that's not to say that the work isn't rewarding. Of course it's rewarding, but I think having lower maintenance ways of also being in touch with that and letting it be part of you know, not your daily routine. No one can be expected. Like, I'm not going to try to sit down and make one Jewish, unless I'm having a bagel every day for breakfast. I'm not going to sit down and try to have some level of Jew food every day, the same way you shouldn't expect yourself to make some some level of traditional Korean cuisine every day. But like having that be like a weekly practice mm -hmm. and just, just try out the different flavors and give yourself some kind of sense of like, this is who I am and this is where I'm from. You know, and 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 even if I'm fucking these dishes up beyond belief, like he, I am engaging with who I am and like where I'm from. 
I think that's a really cool thing that we have like the capability of, of really getting into, you know? Totally, totally. And I think, I know I touched on it earlier. I think just the idea of it being something that, you know, it, you know at least in theory, you could do every day or every week or, or, or whatever makes it, you know, that much easier to, um, to kind of, uh, incorporate into your, your, your identity of yourself. Um, you know, obviously when, you know, when I was rehearsing for this, you know, this, this performance in, in New York, it was kind of this big, uh, it was big, it was a big production and it was, um, not something that was easy to tie into my, you know, daily sense of self. Um, it's, it's, you know, more a thing that I did. Um, whereas, you know, trying to incorporate kind of the, uh, you know, some of the flavors and some of the spices from my culture is something that could kind of, um, help provide that more, um, you know, stable, uh, connection between, um, my heritage and my identity of self. I'm going to, I'm going to give you one, one more thing that I thought was really rewarding. I think to, to give you just one more thing to look forward to. So when I, when I was making the shakshuka, like it, it takes a little while. Um, that one takes a little bit longer just cause you have to put it in the oven for a little bit. Um, so I went out to like check the mail and when I came back, like the, the smell hit me because when when you're when you're making it like uh, you know if unless you have your head like right over whatever you're making yeah i don't you know the, the, you kind of just adapt to to the smell yeah so like yeah. coming back into into my apartment and then mm. smelling that that smell it 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 i had a, i had a sense of pride i had a real sense of pride about it you know and i think you know if you stop over at 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 ben and mel's while you're in the middle of make, or even after you made it, you know, after and after it's all clean up, and then you walk back into your apartment and you smell, yeah, that whatever recipe you did, like I that it was it was it was meaningful, like it, I got it was meaningful, yeah. That it, it honestly, I'm thinking about that that, and it it sounds it sounds great. It sounds it, because because like i mean i it, when i was in korea i i smelled those smells you know what i mean when i whenever i was in a restaurant or whatever we were we were eating something like and so i've been you know i've i'm always down to go back to korea i would love to go back um but kind of that's a really cool way to try to you know to to, to bring a to bring a slice of korea back to my apartment I, I think so. And, and, you know, as a guy that cooks a lot, I'm used to coming back to my apartment and having it smell like some type of food. And I, I, you know, it's different. It, it was different coming back to a smell that was specific to my heritage. And I think you will eventually, I think you will feel the same when, whenever we, we crack open that recipe book and, and, <laughs> and give a shot to, to one of the things in there. I think you're going to feel that. I think you're going to walk back into your apartment, smell that smell and go, this is where Matt Tory lives. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Yeah. I, uh, I think this will be a fun experiment to, uh, to kind of go away and, uh, and make some of these recipes and come back and, and report back. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm fucking pumped now. I'm really pumped about this. Yeah. So did you have any other closing thoughts? I know uh been talking for a while here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the last thing is something that I've really just been been trying to just to put a pin in it all. Just it can be intimidating. Being part of a group and not necessarily feeling as though you are part of that group. Mm. You know, it and I, we talked about it earlier, but like it can be intimidating. I am intimidated around other Jewish people that I perceive as being more Jewish than I am. And I got to say, fuck that shit. Fuck it, man. Like, wh however you are engaging with your heritage is you engaging with your heritage. And whether, whatever degree that is too. And if I can 
promote the concept of cooking as being one of those ways, one final time, I'll absolutely do it. It's been so much fucking fun. And I really feel like I know in the grand scheme of things, this is pretty, I guess, relatively small. You know, I'm not as I'm not learning Yiddish, but like I'm I'm getting a lot out of this. I'm I'm glad I'm taking this step for myself to embrace more of who I am, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And 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 just trying to, you know, further explore that your heritage and 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 better figure out who you are as a person, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, that's it. That that that's my that's my closing remarks, counsel. Well, um well this has been this has been great, Josh. I've been this this was this this went so much better than I thought it was. I was so nervous about <laughs> about about not having enough to say. <laughs> um but so uh I'm gonna let you sign off um because I don't remember any of our uh social media handles. <laughs> I got you. I got you. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at YCBS Pod. It's YCBS Pod. You want to hit us up via email, you can do you can do it at YCBSPod at gmail.com. Um and hey, we would love to hear if if, uh, if any of you have any experience, you know, cooking, you know, your own local cuisines and, and kind of uh, hearing about any any stories that go along with that. Yeah, any recommendations for other things that we can try out? If you got any stories of your own, love to hear them. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that on that. I guess we'll uh, we'll see everybody next Friday. Mm-hmm.